Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. Acts chapter 16 and verse 6. As you turn, I'm going to pray and we're going to get started. Father, we thank you for your word. This morning, it will accomplish your purposes. Father, we, we need freedom in areas of our lives, and may your word cause freedom to ring, Lord, in each heart, in each life, God. We give you honor for what you accomplish in Jesus' name. We all say, Acts 16 and verse 6. We are in the uh, second missionary journey of the Apostle Paul, and at this point, verse 6 says, now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Now, this was not the continent of Asia. It was the province of Asia, uh, which actually where Asia got the name from this particular province. And in this province of Asia lied the third largest city in the entire Roman Empire, the city of Ephesus. And as far as the missionaries were concerned, Paul and his team, Ephesus would have been the logical conclusion uh, for them to go there next. But actually, we're going to find they're, they're not going to go to Ephesus until either the end or the beginning of the third missionary journey, depending on how you, you map that out. But the point is, it was for a later time. And, and here's something that, that was really important to learn from this, this scripture. Sometimes our ideas and, and our desires are not wrong. It's just not time yet. And they wanted to do it, but it just wasn't time. In verse 7, so again, the Holy Spirit forbid them. After they had come to Mysia, which is still in present-day Turkey, they tried to go yet somewhere else. Notice the trial and error here. No matter how spiritual you are, some things you're not going to be able to figure out until you try. And there are many times like, Lord, just give me the whole plan. Just, just help me, Lord, know in my head before I go and do what I'm going to do, exactly what to do. But often, you know, the Bible says that the, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. And it's not often, it's often when I begin to take those steps that I begin to really discover what God's heart and intention is. But here's the deal. When you begin to step out believing and thinking that you're moving in the right direction, don't be too proud to turn back if you're wrong. So Paul, you know, they was like, well, I think we should go here. They take a step to go. The Holy Spirit said, no, that's not right. And they turn back. So when you take a misstep and you're moving in the wrong direction, don't again be too proud. Humble yourself and go back into the place the Lord wants you to be. And it says, and they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not what? Permit them. Now, this is actually the story of the first 25 years of my Christian journey. Many things that, you know, on the surface seem to, to appear to be bright and shiny, you know, things that, that seem to be good for me to do as it related to the ministry as well as uh, in my life. But deep down inside, I, I just knew it wasn't my time yet. And I had to learn to wait on the Lord. And this was the case with the Apostle Paul. It wasn't that I was wrong. Again, it just wasn't time. And your dream, your vision to go to certain places, do certain things, again, may not be wrong, but God may be blocking and stopping because it's not yet time. 
So passing by this great opportunity, Mysia, they came down to Traos. God's root in their thinking, I'm sure, did not make practical sense. But nonetheless, they remained obedient. And sometimes God's plan for us, it's like, God, why are you going the long way? Why aren't you taking a more direct route? God knows exactly what he's doing. And in those moments, we have to learn to trust. And in verse 9, because of their obedience and faithfulness, God shows up in a vision. And he appeared to Paul in the night. Now, I don't know how some of you survive without the active power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You know, I'm delighted that when you die and you're going to go to heaven and everything, but I don't know how you get through this life without having encounters and experiences with the living God. You know, if these men, the Apostle Paul, Silas, and Luke, who was with him, who wrote the book of Luke, if these men needed supernatural encounters with God to stay on the right path, we needed a hundred times more in our day. So I don't understand why some of you are so closed and, and just so, you know what, I don't want anything, you know, just put it in the book. And if I can't read it line for line, I'm not interested. Sometimes we need to just lift our hands, open our hearts and say, Lord, however you want to do it, however you want to show me, Lord, I'm open to the move of your spirit. So a man, he's, it's a vision now. A man of Macedonia stood and begged him, pleaded with him saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, for the first time in history, the gospel was about to go beyond Asia into Europe and change all of Western history. If if Paul would not have waited on the Lord, if Paul would have been too stubborn and, and too proud to change his plans, the world would be a very different place today. All because these men remain sensitive and humble to the Holy Spirit, the Western world opened up to the gospel. And here's the truth I know. If God blocks something you think is good in your life, it's always because he got something better. Always. But here's the deal. I don't know everything. I don't understand everything. I have limited knowledge, and and, and I have to learn to sometimes put my limited understanding on the side and say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. You know what's best. Now, after he had seen this vision, really, it was a vision that trained the world, a supernatural event caused uh, France and Europe and, and England and Germany to receive the gospel and produce the Martin Luthers and, and the rest in the world, all because this man, Paul, was willing to change his plan and not just operate by, by the strength of his own wit and his own thinking, but he yielded and, and allowed God to direct him. He said, now after they had seen the vision, watch here, immediately. Now when we're uncertain, we should certainly wait on the Lord. But when God is clear, we must be quick to obey. So when he finally got clarity, he quickly stepped out. He didn't procrastinate. He, he didn't get mad at God. So he made us look like fools. And, and we didn't, you know, we just walked through these towns. I expended all this energy and expense and, and we didn't accomplish anything. No, no, they didn't do any of that. As soon as they heard God, they advanced and moved forward. Immediately, we sought 
to go to Macedonia. We here is important. This is a side note. But Luke, before this time, was really just recording the journey. But now we see that he's taking on a leadership role in the journey. And you got to be patient, particularly in the settings God places you in. At first, you know, it's going to seem a little bit like them. But at some point, it has to become us. At some point, you have to take ownership. At some point, you need to stop just observing but become part of the team. And this is what happened here with Luke. Immediately, we sought to go to where? Macedonia, a place they had never been, concluding that the Lord had what? Called us. And this is also very important. These are very, very spiritual men, but they still use their their intellect and their minds to come to conclusions. So, you know, when I teach this way, please avoid the extremes where, you know, you either overanalyze everything and you're good for nothing or or, or you you refuse to think and nothing makes sense in your life and you won't take a moment to think anything through. We have to be well balanced. We need to use the brain God gave us, but allow God, you know, the right to give us the final, you know, check. And he has a right to, 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 you know, at any moment overthrow, and he has the right to turn around our plans. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, you know, when I decide to do things, and I do decide to do things. In fact, when I married my wife, I was like, Lord, I'm I'm about to do this. Lord, if you don't want me to, you're going to have to check this. You're going to have to show me. But I made a decision. I made a conclusion. And at some point in your life, you have to decide and just give God ultimate veto power. Do you understand? The Bible says the, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by who? The Lord. Stand on that scripture and trust. Lord, if this is wrong, you will show me. These men concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Now, this again, this word conclusion is important, or concluding. God gave them clear direction, but they had to make a choice. And God, I believe through this message today, is giving you clear direction in some areas, as we, particularly as we get through this. But it's up to you to decide and make a conclusion. Some people just live, but, you know, it's like, I'm not sure. And they never make up their mind. They never come to a conclusion. God has given so much evidence. He's, he's given so many clues and so many directives, but you just refuse to make a decision. But these men, they, they received a vision. They heard from Paul who was tried and tested, and they trusted him. And they said, you know what? Our conclusion is the Lord didn't want us to speak there because he wants us to speak over there. And corporately and collectively, they made a decision to journey on. Therefore, sailing from Traos, or Troas, we ran a straight course to Samothrace. And the next day came to Neapolis. You know, we don't really know these places, but the reality is it was about a 125-mile boat journey. And then they walked about another 10 miles yet to Philippi. Sometimes the will of God is not convenient, but we still need to get there. We, We need to do whatever it takes. Don't let the inconvenience of the call stop you. And from there to Philippi, which is, watch this, the foremost city. Philippi was strategic. Now, Paul had some interest. He wanted to go preach here. He wanted to go there. But God had a bigger strategy. And sometimes because we don't know the bigger strategy, we can't really make the right decisions. Does that make sense? Paul was not evil to want to go to those other places. He just did not know the bigger picture. God knows the big picture of your life. That's why he didn't let you go over there. That's why he doesn't let you go over there, because he knows ultimately what he wants to bring to pass. And ultimately, all we can do is trust. And from there, they went to Philippi, which was the what? Most foremost city. 
You see, as all roads led to Rome, if you've ever heard that expression, much of the traffic that funneled through the east to the, 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 the uh, uh, west, I'm sorry, from the west to the east or the east to the west, funneled through this, this area called uh, uh, Philippi. It was, it was part of the nation way, that, that major road that connected uh, uh, Asia or Eurasia and, and, and Europe. So here, they're, they're this major colony that connects the east and the west. Again, they want to do some preaching here, some preaching there. But God had a strategic plan, and, and I, I really think I'm speaking to some of you right now this morning. You want to go here, and you want to go there, and you're wondering why. Why isn't God letting me do that? Why does God seem to be blocking me? Why does God not seem to be for it? Because God has a bigger strategy. God is trying to work something that you don't yet understand. In fact, I look back on my life, and I'm now grateful for the things he did not let me do. And now, you know, but, but you, you, you got to trust him in those moments. And just, you know, the, the show that used to be on television, Father Knows Best. We, ha- we have to reconstruct that, 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 that idea. You know, Daddy Knows Best. Father, I don't understand, but Daddy Knows Best. You know, just like with our teenagers, they think they know so much. Okay, none of y'all have teenagers. Okay. <laughs> but, but they think they know so much. But it's funny how as they get older, they realize how wise their mom and dads really were. And many of us, we've not grown beyond the teenage years. We still think we know so much because you read three or four books somewhere, you know, written by somebody. You know so much. But give it time and you will discover, just like every teenager, or at least most teenagers do, that mom and dad, and daddy in particular, in our case, (laughs) mom gets it right. Let's just move on. (laughs) And we were staying in that city for some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went out to the city, to the riverside, where prayer was customarily made. Now, you know, the the context here, the the, the setting is it it required 10 Jewish males in order for a synagogue to be built. So obviously they didn't have 10 Jewish males. So, you know, in the synagogue, you have all these ritual washings. So they, they made sure that, okay, we don't have a synagogue. So naturally they go down to where there was water, a river source to, to worship. So again, we have this congregation really full of women. Watch what happens. And we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. The fact that this church was predominantly female did not stop Paul from preaching at all. God desires to use ladies then, and he desires to lose ladies now. And then again, it's a female setting. It's a female church. He doesn't snub his nose. And back then, by the way, they they were uh, uh, more chauvinistic than than anybody uh, is today, except when you go over to to some of the nations, perhaps in in the Middle East. But nonetheless... uh, Now, a certain woman named Lydia heard us, as well as Africa. You know, it was radical at this time in history to give such a woman this type of attention and then to go and write about it. This book is far more radical when it comes to to the genders than we ever imagined, because we look back on this book based on where we are today. But you did not have encounters with women and then list them by name, record it in a book, and celebrate it. 
Women were just not celebrated in that time. In, in, in the book of John, Jesus talks to a woman by the well, and the Spirit makes sure we knew about it. That was frowned upon in that culture. Not only that, after the resurrection of Jesus, the, 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 the least people you would ever sus- want to ever be your witness, a woman could not testify in a court of law. But who did God send to the disciples and the apostles to testify the resurrection? Women. God always intended to use women in the life of the church. Now, she was a seller of purple, meaning she was a businesswoman. But when you you look at this closely, you'll discover it was no average or no mean business either. Purple was made of, 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 of the rail shelf, shellfix murex, and, and, and it was actually comparable to gold in value. It was super expensive. And, and, and what, what this murex was used for was to, d- d- to dye clothes. So people that were, uh, you know, the aristocrats and the powerful and the wealthy, they would have their, their clothes dyed in this murex dye, and it was a status symbol, much like your Louis Vuitton purses that also seem to be, you know, worth their weight in gold if you ever look at the prices of some of those purses. <laughs> but, I mean, it was extremely valuable. And this woman ran that business. God has never had a problem with women leading an industry. Never had a problem. He doesn't rebuke her for her business, doesn't say, leave your business, quit your business. This was a working woman that God used for his glory. We go to extremes. You know, a woman can't do nothing, or or a woman got to do everything. And we we keep going back and forth. We need, no, 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 no. God made you a woman on purpose. And there's some things you do better than us, some things you might want to leave alone. It's just true. We won't talk about that because I heard the response to the room. But in this text, we see God had no problem with a woman in industry. God had no problem with a woman being a boss of a man in business. He did not stop her. Bible goes on and says, the Lord opened her heart. When this woman opened up to God, Europe opened up to God. <laughs> Ladies, you have played more of a major role in the history of this world than you ever realize. Europe was tied to a woman. And Europe probably today, to come back to God, is probably going to be tied to a woman again. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. Now, you know, I might do the talking, but it's ultimately God who opens the heart. And, And this was the same pattern then. And when she and her household were what? Baptized. This woman was a real go-getter. She went back and won her entire family to the Lord. I don't know if her husband had passed away. I I don't know if she was a widow or or he was just a quiet man, but I just know he wasn't mentioned. This lady was, was doing some things. The Bible goes on and says, she begged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and what? Stay. So this woman obviously had the leadership of a home. My guess is perhaps her husband was dead because he he wasn't mentioned here or widowed or something had had happened. But she she stood in the place of the leader of her family, and and she was hungry to learn, and she made sure her family learned. And actually her life and witness protected her family and brought the entire family to Christ. So the lack of a man doesn't make you less than a woman, by the way. So she not a man, 
people turn Paul into this sexist, you know, mean individual, which you just don't find that in Scripture. This man allows a woman to persuade him. So she persuaded us. This lady wasn't shy. She was not timid. She, she, she was really a rainmaker here. She knew how to get what she needed and how to make things happen. And being a lady should not limit you from moving the ball forward when it needs to be moved. There's a difference between being assertive and aggressive. I don't like aggressive people, men or women. You start pushing on me, I start backing away. But there is a place for us to be assertive. There is a place for us to apply ourselves, put our foot down. And, and she, she used the strength of her personality and integrity to move Paul to make a decision. Ladies, you have a powerful ability to influence that sometimes men don't even have. Now, it happened as he went to prayer, though, that a certain slave girl. Now, God has to keep it fair. Now, this one woman was a great blessing. But this next woman almost gets them killed. So this worship of women, plural, is problematic. There are women that will add to you, but there were women that will subtract to you and almost, they, they will, you hear what I'm saying? So we see the balance. A certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us. Literally the spirit of Python here in the Greek which indicates she had a literal demonic power operating in her life. You think it's innocent to go to some of these fortune tellers. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. Just like the snake. They'll sit back and, and, and look at your weakness, and once they grab it, they'll release a demon into that area of your life. And you know what? The, the reality is they're often accurate, just like this girl was. Demons know some things. Demons have other demon buddies in other parts of the world, and they know how to communicate. And they watched what you did three years ago. They know your mama died when you were six. You hear what I'm saying? So because of that, because the thing was right, many of us open ourselves up to demonic spirits. We have to be very, very careful about that. And let, let's reinforce this. Let's take a look at this. Well, this woman, this girl met us who had brought her masters much profit by what? Fortune telling. Now, spiritual systems are often connected to financial systems. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.